Jessica Spicer, Nathan Epstein, Adam Raylan, Jordan Weymouth, Ben Farsi, Becca Denunzio, Tom Hall, Mike Crawley, and so much more. And welcome to Nick's Golf Guy Podcast, round 28, the podcast designed for average golfers like me. I'm Nick McClennan coming to you from Chesapeake, Virginia today, and I'm really excited about this round of Nick's Golf Guy Podcast and glad you could join me. On this round of the podcast, I will be sitting down with James Madison University lady golfer Kendall Turner to discuss her golfer journey. Ms. Turner has had an outstanding young golf career thus far. While at Great Bridge High School in Chesapeake, Virginia, Ms. Turner was named Regional Golfer of the Year, Chesapeake Sports Club Golfer of the Year, and Virginia High School State Champion. At James Madison University, she has earned the Colonial Athletic Association Player of the Year, Colonial Athletic Association Individual Medalist, as well as First Team All-CAA. Additionally, Ms. Turner has claimed multiple program records for the Dukes during her time with the program. So join me as I sit down with Kendall Turner to learn more about her golfer journey and what her future golf plans might be here on Nick's Golf Guy Podcast. This round is my latest installment of The Golfer Journey, an in-depth conversation with golfers who are making a difference in the game here in coastal Virginia and beyond. And with that, I would like to introduce to you my very special guest on round 28, The Golfer Journey, James Madison lady golfer, Kendall Turner. Kendall, thanks for coming on the show today. Thanks for having me. So you had uh, quite the uh, career thus far at James Madison, correct? Yes, I have. All right, good, good. Um, Before we get started on your golfer journey, let's kind of, is there a highlight from this past year that kind of stands out to you you'd like to share with us? I, um, this fall, we, um... We went on this 12-day business trip, as we like to call it. We went to Oklahoma, then we drove to Mississippi for two tournaments. And that was really fun. And then a couple of days later, we played in a tournament at Charlotte, and I actually ended up winning that. So it was kind of nice to end the season on a high note. Oh, good, good. Yep. Hopefully to catapult you into a, a solid uh, senior season, correct? Yep. Yeah, good, good. So um, let's go back uh, to where your golfer journey began. Uh, and who let us know, kind of tell us who introduced you to the game of golf and how that got started. So my parents, um, they signed my brother and his friend up for a summer golf camp, and I wanted to do it as well, And but I was only five, and I think the age limit was six years old. And so my dad asked the instructor if I could, like, try it out, and if I, like, wasn't behaving, wasn't listening, then they would just stop me. Like, I would only go the day. And so we went. And my mom came to pick us up at the end, and it was like, I guess I did well because the instructor didn't complain at all about me and actually ended up asking my mom if he could give me lessons after the camp was over. And that's where it began? Uh-huh. And you took the lessons? Yes, I did. I um, took lessons. with His name was Brad Solis out at Cahane Plantations. I took him for about three years. Oh, okay, cool, yep. cool. And uh, thus your golf journey began. I guess so, yes. Oh, Interesting. I know you were big into basketball, especially playing with your older brother, Jared. Mm-hmm. You played basketball your freshman year in high school at uh, Great Bridge High School yes. in Chesapeake, Virginia, uh, before dedicating your focus to full-time golf. What prompted that decision? So I love basketball. I still love basketball. And so it was kind of like 
I was always balancing golf and basketball up until freshman year of high school because I, I played travel basketball as well. And it was kind of like everybody else was kind of getting taller than me. I'm kind of a little short. And so it was freshman year. I was on the varsity team, and it was kind of like I was playing, like going up against all these girl, all these teams, big girls, and I sprained my ankle a couple times. And it was one Friday night. I hurt my ankle again that game. But the thing was, me and my dad were driving to a golf tournament that night and playing down in Pinehurst on Saturday and Sunday. And so that whole weekend, we were kind of like, he kept kind of bringing up, like, what do we want to do? Like, what do you want to focus on? And it was at that point, Sunday driving back, it was like, I want to put all my focus on golf now. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Interesting. So I think your dad probably kind of in his wisdom saw that, you know, you kind of were at a crossroads of, Uh you know, where you're you know, mm-hmm. decisions, uh, decision kind of needed to be made on where you were going to put a hundred percent of your time on. And, mm-hmm. and you kind of just decided after that trip that that was going to be it. Huh? Yeah. Cause it was kind of tough to like balance both things at that time. Cause they were both like really full-time commitments. Sure. Sure. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, so while you were at Great Bridge high school, you landed some pretty big accomplishments, especially in your senior year. What was the motivation to excel it to such a high level when you were in high school? It was, um, so at my high school at Great Bridge, they had this hallway kind of right by the gymnasium with all these, like, pictures of people that have won states and, like, teams that have won states. Kind of like the, the Wall of yes, Fame kind uh-huh. of thing. Yeah. And it was kind of – I've always, like, been at Great Bridge for as long, since kindergarten, and it was kind of like I wanted to be up there at some point, and I think that's just kind of what pushed me and pushed me. I, I was close, like, freshman and junior year. And it was like, well, this is my last chance. I, I have to win it now. Wow, interesting. Mm-hmm. So it was the the Wall of Fame at Great Bridge that kind of made mm-hmm. set that goal in your head of where yep. you wanted to go. Excellent. Wow, interesting. Are you up there now? Yes, I am. Yeah, you made it, uh-huh. huh? All right, good. Mountain climbed, right? Uh-huh. Good, good for you. What was the uh, biggest accomplishment for you in your uh, high school career? Besides winning states, I think um, – it was committing to JMU to play college golf because that was always a dream ever like since freshman year once I made the decision is that I now want to play golf in college that's what I want to accomplish and I did that I committed to James Madison the fall of my junior year okay so let's switch clubs here uh for a minute on your golfer journey how did you end up deciding to go to James Madison so it was around like sophomore year of high school we started like I started making a list of schools I would like to play at, and then we started emailing and calling coaches up and been like getting building relationships with these coaches, and then I remember it was one tournament junior year in November, I played and the coach at JMU at the time Sarah Sargent came and watched me play, and then a couple of days later I had a phone call with her, and that was when she offered me and. So that was awesome. Like, it was the biggest relief, you know. Like, I'm finally playing golf. In, I'm going to play golf in college. Destination kind of yep. kind of sealed, huh? But then, like, a couple months later in the spring, I kind of started hearing around that Sarah, the coach at JMU was quitting. So she quit her job, and it's kind of, like, really wondering what was going to happen. And so then the athletic director at JMU called me and my family up the next week and said that, don't worry, like, we are still honoring your spot and your scholarship. Like, we're excited for you to be coming. So that was kind of nice. You know? Okay, good. So it kind of ended up the uh-huh. athletic director stepped in and let you all know you're still yep. you're still going to James Madison. Yes. Oh, good. 
that, that would be kind of nervous after finally uh-huh. settling and saying, hey, I finally got yeah, it. because it's kind of late in the process, too, and every, all the schools, but like, had their classes all set. and Right. Yeah. It would have been, it kind of would have been a devastating uh-huh. blow to you. Oh, man. Well, I'm glad it worked out yeah. for you. So I have a quote here that I, I read. You said, I have a God-given talent, but I still have to work at it. I also know I'm prepared for every tournament, and I put in the work for before tournaments. Could you kind of go uh, into how you prepare for uh, competitive play? Um, so I, I practice a lot. I really enjoy practicing. And it's kind of just like it's, I feel more confident when I know I have practiced well beforehand and I'm not stressing out like during the tournaments like, oh, man, like I really should have practiced this shot like that week. But I know that's I have put in the work and the time that, I am prepared and I don't have to stress out because golf is already stressful during that round. There's a lot of different like factors that you're worried about. I don't need the factor of, oh, did I practice enough going into it? Right. So practice, practice, practice. Mm-hmm. When, you, when you're talking about practice, are you talking about the range or do you, do you feel more like you get a better uh, feel for your game, um, setting yourself up in competitive golf while you're actually playing around. So, I I love hitting balls on the range too, but it's kind of like going through different shots on the range, not just practicing like the one like standard shot. Trying to practice like imagining different shots I might have on the course and hitting those shots as well, and just a lot of putting drills. A lot of putting drills. Mm-hmm. Putting's putting's key. Yes. Yeah, for sure. I have a uh, I have spoken to several golfers at your level, and one of the biggest challenges uh, most, if not all, golfers face is the mental challenges that come with playing competitive golf at the collegiate level. What processes do you incorporate within your game to manage those mental obstacles during competitive golf? I think really like trying to free myself up now and not like being so like down on myself if I do hit a bad shot or get like an unlucky break you know just kind of like knowing going into the day that that's going to happen like as my coach coach at JMU will always say like you're going to get unlucky you're going to have bad breaks but it's just not compounding those mistakes afterwards and just kind of like letting it go and just keep on pushing Excellent, excellent. Yeah, I spoke with uh, you. Listened to the podcast last week. Becca uh, Denunzio from Virginia Tech kind of, you know, hit it right on the nail as, as you just did with yeah. what you need to do when, you know, you have that bad shot mm-hmm. and recovering and not letting it get in between yeah. your ears. Don't make compounding mistakes. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you have uh, accomplished several team records uh, here at James Madison University Lady Golf. Is there one record that you particularly are proud of? I think the freshman scoring record, that was pretty awesome to come uh-huh. in and do. Uh, I The low round 66, I think that was the best one. That was your best score ever? Yes, and that's the, I think that's the low round at JMU. But it was so funny, though, because that was a bogey-free 66. And the night before that um, – I do that all the time on my average uh-huh. golfer journey. <laughs> yeah, just bogey-freeze all day. So the night before, <laughs> we were in the hotel room because – I think we were in, like, as a team, we were in, like, second or third. And our coach was, like, giving us this pep talk, you know. And he kind of ended it with, you know, you're going to make a bogey out there tomorrow, but it's just how you get past that. And he's like, so just you just expect a bogey. And so then it was kind of like, all right. And so we 
went out the next day and like you can tell everybody's kind of excited you know you're all kind of pumped up and I just remember I just I didn't make a bogey it was just kind of insane everything was just kind of clicking proved him wrong uh-huh, I remember after we finished I went up to him and was like hey what'd you say about we're going to make a bogey today uh-huh and we ended up winning as a team and my teammate Amelia, she won it individually as well, so it was really awesome. Just a big day of celebration, uh-huh. so that's a one really big memory for you yes. at James Madison. That's mm-hmm. that is awesome. A, a great little story. Mm-hmm. Things people don't necessarily hear all the time, right? right? Um, speaking of, let's switch clubs a minute. You did touch on something in your last statement there. Golf is an individual sport, yet you play on a team at James Madison. How do you distinguish your time on the course as an individual player, as well as functioning as a teammate? I think just in your head, it's like you want to play well to help your team. I think that's the biggest thing is like you now kind of have that added into you that I'm not just not just me out here. It's all five of us out here trying to complete the goal. And I think that's kind of like it's reassuring, too, because say you're having a bad day, you know your teammates got your back that day. They might be playing a little bit mm-hmm. better than you when you're yep. kind of having a yes. frustrating yeah, round. Kinda just, and you have – or other girls in your corner cheering you on and wanting the best for you. Right, awesome. So there is kind of like that solid com- mm-hmm. camaraderie you have with your your fellow yeah. fellow golfers on the on the Lady Dukes. Lady, yes. Okay. Who has been your biggest influence for you in your golfer journey thus far? Um, I I think I have two. Okay. It's, um, it's my brother and then um my swing coach David Williams. Your David Williams, is he here at Greenbrier Country no, Club? No, he's not. Oh, okay. But um, I started going with him when I was, like, about eight, nine years old. He was out of Stumpy Lake at the time. Oh, yeah, okay. And we've just grown together so much. He's taught me so much about, like, golf in general. And also just about he's always somebody I can count on to talk to. Everything, Every experience I have been through, he's been through it too. And uh-huh. So he's kind of helped me out. Yeah, he's incredible. And then – my brother, I think he's just pushed me since we were kids because we are very competitive. We still are competitive. Uh-huh. And I think that's – he's just kind of pushed me and pushed me in the best way. And I think that was kind of where I got, like, this work ethic and wanting to, like, practice to, like, become good at stuff because, like, we were playing basketball in the driveway. And right. like, oh, man, I hate losing to him. So <laughs> I got to just keep, like, working on it. And then also, like, he's pushed me, but he's also, like – become really supportive too right looking after his little sister mm-hmm. oh, yeah good. we'll call all the time and ask how he's, how i'm doing good yeah. oh that's wonderful good so your swing coach and your brother are the two yep. two main influences that's awesome what is the most imp- uh, important lesson you've learned thus far in your golfer journey like success will come even if there's like bad like you have some troubles you'll still like if you just keep on pushing through, like, success will happen. Uh-huh. Yeah, like, yeah. just don't give up. Cause just, you can't really give up, like, during the round, or, you know? Like, yeah. Mm-hmm, just not giving up. Good, good. Good for you. Well, uh, it seems as though with your track record at James Madison, you uh, followed step-in-step step with that mm-hmm. with that philosophy in your, in your life. That's awesome. Uh, what is your biggest failure in your golfer journey, and what did you learn from that failure? My sophomore year at Jamie, that so we didn't play in the fall because of COVID, but then that spring, we didn't really start out well in the beginning, and we kind of kept going. And I just think like I was just so hard on myself, like mentally. I was just it was kind of just I would 
like just really hard on myself during the rounds and then after the rounds I remember just kind of like breaking down crying to my parents you know like oh like I'm not playing well I'm kind of letting my team down I think that was just like my biggest letting myself get to that point of just being so like hard on myself and just like saying like negative stuff I think that was like and putting too much on your shoulders yes yeah yeah oh interesting and you've rebounded pretty well Mm -hmm. from that because I am I came home that summer break and some of my friends I golf with here during the summer we kind of they kind of started talking it was like I was kind of going like they kind of talked about how their anxiety and stress was and I was like wow like they were going through the same thing I was like I'm not by myself in this yeah interesting yeah. interesting sometimes you, you find that out where mm-hmm. you know you're kind of going through something and you realize that you're not the only one yes. going through it but at the time you feel feel like you mm-hmm. are good well I'm glad you bounced back and you're doing well on that. yes all right so uh, let's switch clubs here where uh, we've gone through your golfer journey from where you began uh, and your high school career and then where you are now at James Madison. Uh, one question I would like to ask out of curiosity is uh, now that you are a seasoned competitive golfer, how will you approach the upcoming season from an individual golfer standpoint? Just kind of, I think, being more free out on the golf course, mm-hmm. just kind of like just – not trying to guide shots and just kind of just going out and playing because I know I can like play with the top golfers, you know, it's just kind of just letting myself do it. Stop trying to like guide and make sure everything's perfect and just swinging freely. Right. Right. You know, what I was thinking here, I'm going to kind of go off script here. I want to kind of get your take on it uh, and see what you see, what you think. I was uh, playing golf with uh, Christopher Newport university golf coach, Jamie Coleman. And he was kind of coaching me along the way because I'm a terrible golfer, but uh, he's a great coach, uh, a terrific guy. But he said this, and I'm kind of summing it up. Um, He said, get lost insofar as the swing is concerned. He said, get uh, lost in the process and not the result. Is there something you could maybe add to that or give me a take on uh, from your perspective? I think it's kind of like get, like, love the process and, like, know you're doing the right thing no matter the result right like it's because you're gonna have some bad results with during the process but not like don't scrap the whole process don't like redo it just because of one bad result right right yeah good good point Mm -hmm. good point on that i'm very interested to know uh what your future plans may be as uh your golfer journey continues once you're finished at james madison so um, I'm going to graduate in the spring with a math major and data analytics minor, and then I will have a fifth year playing golf at JMU. And then after that fifth year, I am going to try and go to Q school and try and make it through. Yep. And what's after Q school? Um, so then, like, if I make it through, like, it's, there's different stages, and whatever stage you make it through, it depends on the status you get on the LPGA. Okay. Totally. So that's the goal? Yes. All right. Good for you. Mm-hmm. You have your own tournament someday. Huh? Yes. Celebrity tournament. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> Kendall Taylor celebrity tournament. Yes. Well, Kendall, I want to thank you very much for sharing your golfer journey with us. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Uh, thanks for giving us some insight on, yeah. on what's going on with, uh, with your life. Sure thing. Absolutely. I have a portion of the show I call the short game where we cover the BYOF uh, the golf language lesson, as well as my newest portion of the short game, the no handicap zone. Are you ready to move over to the short game? Yeah, I am. All right, great. All right, Kendall and I will be take a short break, and we will be right back with this round 28, the short game on Nick's Golf Guy Podcast.
Welcome to Nick's Golf Guy Podcast, round 28 of the short game with my guest, James Madison, lady golfer, Kendall Turner. So the first question I have for you, Kendall, is if you were to BYOF, that's build your own foursome, it can be any person, doesn't have to be a golfer, dead or alive, who would you choose? Um, I think Jordan Spieth, of course, and then um, Lorena Ochoa, and then... I think I'm um, JFK. Yeah. I'm sorry, JFK? John F. Kennedy. Oh, John F. Kennedy. Yeah. Oh, you're <laughs> that one comes out uh, from off field. Uh-huh. Why, why JFK? I don't know. I just kind of think he was cool, I guess. I don't know. Just someone different. It seemed like you'd be a cool golfer, yeah. somebody to golf with? Uh-huh. That's interesting. So the first one was? Jordan Spieth. And then? Michelle Wee. No, Lorena Choa. L- Lorena Choa yes. and then John F. Kennedy. Yeah. The dead president. All right, good, good. And? Uh, where would you play? Um, I guess St. Andrews. You know, I've always wanted to play there. The old course? Yep. Oh, yeah. Haven't been out there yet? No, I haven't. Okay. All right. Now we're on to the golf language lesson. I have selected three words from my golfer dictionary. Each selected is either a golf slang term or a definitive golf term. I will say the word, and you will have to give the definition. Are you ready? Yep. Okay. The first word of the golf language lesson is albatross. What is an albatross? That's like a hole in one, right? Double eagle. Double eagle. Hold on one second. The rarest of all birds, an albatross is playing the hole three under par, like making a two on a par five or acing a par four. For most, it's an endangered species. Albatross. Albatross. Mm -hmm. All right. Yeah, it's the Uh same thing. Right. You got it. So you're one for one. Okay. All right. The second word in the golf language lesson is platypus. What is a platypus in the world of golf language? Um, Is that someone that, like, goes into the water a lot? (laughs) (laughs) I I don't know. (laughs) Unfortunately, no. Um, the, this type of play is named after the platypus, which is a fairly uncommon species. This term is appropriate when a golfer is still able to make par after hitting the ball out of bounds. Okay. Since it is rare to see this happen on the course, they gave it a rare name, platypus. Yeah. Now, you know, Okay. now, you know, all right. Good luck with those platypuses this year, right? And the third word in the golf language lesson is, this one's a tricky one. Okay. Frog hair. What is the frog hair on a golf course? Oh, um, is that kind of like the um, the tall grass, like above, like the pond, like by ponds, like how they slope in and the grass right there? That is an amazing effort. I would have never thought that. However, unfortunately, not right. Incorrect. Oh, man. It's okay. It was a <laughs> tough one. It was a tough one, Kendall. Frog hair is a golf slang term for the apron or fringe, which is the closely mown grass oh, surrounding yeah. the green. Frog hair. Oh, that kind of makes sense. Yeah, yeah. yeah I know. <laughs> I had to read it twice when I saw it. I was like, mm-hmm. what? Really? Frog hair. So now you know. Yeah, okay. Next time we're on the podcast, you can tell me, tell me about your game from the, from the frog, frog hair. hair. Yeah, <laughs> I will. <laughs> All right. Nice job on the golf language lesson. Now we are on to the newest portion of the show, the no handicap zone. The No Handicap Zone is designed for us to get to know a little bit better about you outside of the world of golf. Okay. Okay? I will ask you three non-golf-related questions. 
about you. Are you ready? Yep. Okay. The first question in the no handicap zone is what is your favorite food? Oh, I, favorite food? Um, I think it would have to be steak. I love steak. Like any kind of steak is. Mm-hmm. Any steak will do? Yes. Steak yeah. is it, huh? And then like even like cheese steaks. Whoa, yeah, yeah. definitely. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Uh, you ever been to Philly? No, steak I haven't, but I want to. Oh yeah, steak. yeah, yep. they're delicious. Yeah, they're, that's fun, mm-hmm. fun time up there. Okay, great. So you're a steak eater, huh? What do you baked potato, mashed potatoes? What what comes with that? Um, I like mac and cheese with the, mac and cheese yes. with the steak. Uh-huh. Got you ribeye. How do you like your steak cooked? Oh, uh, like medium layer. Medium layer, right? Yeah, yeah. 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 My dad always jokes about like. Oh, so you want steak to still be mooing? Oh yeah. Oh, you're okay. You're uh-huh. on that end of the uh, yes. temperature gauge. Okay, good, good. So steak and mac and cheese is, is yep. your favorite dinner. Awesome. Do you get that a lot at James Madison? Do they have that in the cafeteria? No, but when I come <laughs> home, my dad will always make it. Oh, dad hooks yes. it up. Okay, uh-huh. good for him. Good for him. All right. The second question in the no handicap zone is, if you were to take an all-expense-paid trip anywhere in the world for one week, where would you go? Oh, I think I would want to go to, um, it's like down in, oh, I can never think of the name, but it's the... Where you had the little bungalows on top of the water, you know? One of, it's, I think it's like Bora Bora maybe that has it. But uh-huh. it's like these little um, bungalows and like there's little bridges and it's all on top of the water. And like they have swings and slides down the house that you can like jump in. Is it in South America or? I think so, yeah. Okay, somewhere down there? Yes, I think there's a bunch of places that have them. All right. Yeah, that's where I would want South to America? Yes. Or just a whole continent. Mm-hmm. Why not? Yes. All right, good. <laughs> that's funny. All right, and this one's this one's kind of a serious question. Okay. Okay, you ready? Uh-huh. All right. What is your greatest fear? Your greatest fear? I think um, snakes. Snakes? Yes, yeah, snakes freak me out. Really? Like, uh-huh. Anytime I see, like, a snake in the backyard or anywhere, it's always, like, run straight inside and call my dad. Yeah. And he'll come out and <laughs> deal with it. <laughs> your dad's kind of your uh-huh. hero when yes, you get he back. Yes, <laughs> 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 that is funny. Uh-huh. All right, good. Uh, that's good. Good stuff. All right, Mr. Turner, you're doing a wonderful job. Uh, all right, so we, we were talking off. I'm going to kind of go off script here. Okay. Uh, we were talking off off uh, during our break about uh, kind of your different sports teams because mm-hmm. you, you said, I said, who's your favorite uh, football team? And you said, well, I like college football. And then you said, who was your favorite so team? So my favorite college football team is Penn State. Penn State, yeah, Nittany so Lions. We've had, um, my dad and brother went to Penn State, and my dad's had season tickets since like the 80s, and so we would go to every home game. So that's kind of big Penn State fans. All right, right on, right yeah. on. But the the uh, next question I have for you is, I said, well, who's your favorite college basketball team? And I'm thinking, well, it's probably Penn State, but you answered. UCLA. UCLA, the Bruins yeah, of UCLA. I am. Um, my cousin got me a T-shirt when I was like around like eight or nine, and it was that it was UCLA all the way with basketball. <laughs> there you go. Uh-huh. And you pick them every year on the March Madness. Yep. Mar- March Madness. One it's... time they're gonna win for me. <laughs> <laughs> well, good luck with that. Yes. Hey, come this coming March. It's right around the corner. Mm-hmm. I'll be uh, I'll be keeping an eye on those Bruins for you. Yep. All right, great. Well, Kendall, I want to thank you very much for coming on the podcast. Thanks I really for appreciate me. it. Uh, I look forward to maybe sitting down with you uh, uh, again in the future and, yes. and kind of talk about uh, what's happening with you uh, later on in, in your career. Yeah, sounds great. All right, fantastic. Thanks for coming on the yeah, show. Thanks for having me. All right, take care. 
and Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. I want to thank Kendall Turner for joining me today to share her golfer journey here on Nick's Golf Guy podcast. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Golf Guy Nick and my YouTube channel, Nick's Golf Guy Podcast, for all the latest course reviews and interviews. I'll be taking next week off for the holidays, but I will be back in January with some exciting new guests for your listening pleasure. I also want to thank you for your support this past inaugural year of Nick's Golf Guy podcast, and I'm looking forward to another great year. So don't forget to follow, like, and subscribe so you can be up to date with all my outings here on Nick's Golf Guy podcast. And that's going to be it for this round 28 of Nick's Golf Guy podcast. I want to thank you for listening. I will be back next time with round 29 on the podcast. Until then, my fellow average golfers, tee times, tee offs, and better scores for a happy average golfer life.